0: Hey everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show. As a parent, wouldn't you agree your proudest moments involve your kids? Well, as a parent, wouldn't you also agree your most horrifyingly embarrassing moments also involve your children as well? And there's nothing more embarrassing than being in public and your toddler mispronouncing a word and it comes out sounding like a swear word. Kids and swearing. We're talking about it after the news with Sam McCall.
1: This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Portions of Oklahoma are once again facing severe weather warnings, with some areas being told to seek cover immediately as tornadoes are likely. More Oklahoma, which was devastated earlier this month by a tornado, is not in the storm's direct path, direct path but is still at risk. Secret Service officials confirmed today they have intercepted another ricin-laced letter addressed to President Obama, similar to one sent to New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg earlier this week. Two poisoned letters were sent to the president also in April. Lawmakers in Connecticut voted last night to join several other states in allowing illegal immigrants to obtain driver's licenses. Governor Daniel Malloy says the law is strictly meant to improve public safety. An Iranian-born used car salesman from Texas has been sentenced to 25 years in prison for conspiring with Iranian military units to assassinate the Saudi Arabian ambassador to the U.S. In entertainment news, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings says if the actors are willing, a fifth season of the recently revived show Arrested Development could be a possibility. Despite mixed reviews from critics, Hastings says more viewers loved season four. In world news, following confirmation from the Pakistani Taliban's second-in-command was killed yesterday, the insurgent organization has already named his successor. According to sources inside the group, the new number, two was chosen unanimously by acting leaders. Syrian officials say they have received a shipment of powerful anti-aircraft missiles from Russia, a move which is being internationally criticized. Weiss House Press Secretary Jay Carney says this is a move in the wrong direction. And the French have finally given French kissing an official term, the slang term Galachet has now been officially recognized in a 2014 edition edition of a prominent French dictionary. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. <laughs>
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. We've got a great program for you. At the top of the hour here, though, we got to acknowledge our great, cute little Skyboy's out today. He's just taking a little break. I think we wear him out. I think I wore him down yesterday as we were talking about road rage and just the anger of other people. Mm. But in for him today is Gentle Ben, Gentle Ben Wagner. Indeed, how are you, brother? I'm good. Good Glad to, to have be you here. back. Now, G- now, Ben, we put you we put you on the chart. I don't know if you remember this. You were you were one of the first pioneers of the Matt Townsend show
2: I like that term pioneer, pioneer. I'm an innovator mm-hmm.
0: more than anything else I thought it was great until you wore the bonnet that yeah. pioneer bonnet has got
2: to go It also violated the BYU broadcasting dress code I'm the, fairly yeah. certain yeah I think it is too
0: and uh thanks for filling in for Skyboy absolutely uh it, he's a hard guy to fill in for uh
2: well we'll see <laughs>
0: <laughs> turns
2: out his job Overrated. might not have been as
0: hard as he made it seem like to all of you oh really because he makes it seem like it's mystical and magic
2: yeah, there's just lots of buttons over here, but it turns out you just kind of hit the green one and then hit the red one. And, and the green you know. one just means go. Yeah. Green means go.
0: Now, um, okay, I know you've all got a story of swearing. Just, I mean, as I look at the group how do you, you. How do you know that? Well, how do you know you? That. Just look in the mirror. <laughs> you look like somebody that has a swearing story. Because kids and swearing, it's a big deal. I don't know if you know that. Oh, you guys don't have kids. But, you know, my kids talk like sailors.
2: I've definitely got a good swearing story. When I was about five years old, I was playing Super Mario Brothers 3 for (laughs) Nintendo. My dad was sitting there in the room with me, and uh, something bad happened to our lovable Italian plumber, and I said a word (laughs) that I didn't know what the full context of that word was, and my dad was not happy with me. Did he kill you? um, Did he get you? He got me pretty good. That was the day. He just kind of yelled at me, and I, I just remember that was the day I learned what swearing was. Really? How old were you? Probably four or five. Really? Old enough to be playing Super Mario Bros. 3 like a boss. Well, and talking like a sailor. That too.
0: Uh, so I have a son, beautiful little Tanner, who at the time was probably four, went over to a friend's house and learned a swear word from the friend's brother, apparently. That's what he's saying. But the friend's brother is saying it was, no, it was actually the neighbor's father. Anyway. Which is weird because I was the neighbor and it wasn't me. (laughs) Passing the buck. Everyone's passing the buck, which is what they do when your kids start swearing. So my son hears the swear word, knows it's not a good word. And I'm not going to say the word. Let's just say the word which shall not be used. And then he goes in and he says to the mom of the house, hey, Wendy, uh, Luke just called me a blank, the word which we shall not use. And Wendy about died because this Perfect, cute little four-year-old who can't even pronounce half of the alphabet correctly without sounding. He couldn't say his R's, right? He He probably couldn't say the word mirror. (laughs) Milwo. He'd say Milwo. And so, but he uses this word with his O. And um, she just died. And just inside was like, no way. That is so funny. But when it was also like, don't, oh, we don't say that. And he's like, she's like, don't say that word. We don't say that word. And then he said the word again. Like questioning well, this to, word.
3: He had to verify this yeah, word. I this mean, word? we want to know what word yeah. we can't say. And she's
0: like, yeah, don't say that word. And he goes, I will not say this word. He said it again because it's bad. And she's like, yes, good. Don't say it. He goes, I won't say this word. He said it again. So four times he's used it in like 30 seconds. Then when we show, so she calls us and says, oh, my heavens, you've got to come talk to this kid. So we show up and the first thing he says is, mom, guess what? And she's like, what? Luke called me this word and he says, but I'm not going to say this word because it's a bad word. So I will not say that word. And he said the word again. And then I come home. Dad, guess what? (laughs) What? Luke called me this. word, (laughs) And it was just anyway. So we all smiled and laughed and we're like, oh, that's funny. But then it's bad. Right. We don't want our kids swearing because first it's swearing then it's tattoos <laughs> so first he'll be four,
2: then he'll go or get tattoos of up. this word
0: this word and then he'll go do drugs that's kind of what we think huh right swearing that's is the logical lead.
3: train <clears throat> right. of right. events butterfly effect yeah
0: but the problem is apparently these words are getting to our children i wonder how they're getting there merit do you have any idea?
4: I do. How do these
0: words that they're not supposed to know unless they're on shore leave, <clears throat> how do they learn these words?
4: Kind of the same way they learn any other word.
0: From the neighbor.
4: <laughs> they hear it. It's They hear it. They the hear neighbor. people using it. It's like maybe mom or dad said it under their breath and they think, wow, that's cool. Yeah. So... <laughs>
0: Then, then, then they're in the principal's office, and you're trying to say, "Don't use that word that we're not supposed to say."
4: Exactly. It's embarrassing.
0: So apparently, this is a problem.
4: It is. In fact, a recent study showed that more, most kids know how to swear and swear quite well before they even know their ABCs. Really? Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Like they can conjugate their swear words. Is that the word? We,
4: yeah. We obviously have our priorities straight. It's just, <sighs> it's great. Now.
0: Is it, it, we're going to bring on an expert because I, it's just a word.
4: It's just a word, but.
0: But then they'll get tatted up and do drugs.
4: But. (laughs) Is what we think, right? Well, see, the thing is, is that using those kinds of words, they kind of trigger an emotional reaction. Right. Not only do they have offensive meanings usually and are offensive to certain people, certain groups, they just, they conjure up an emotion that you don't want to have your kids feeling all the time. Yeah. They're associated with things that are violent and
0: is it uh it's common though.
4: Oh yeah. Definitely. So
0: it's common. not just my four year old.
4: No, in fact um
0: You don't even have to pronounce your R's by the way.
4: <laughs> Apparently you can, not. You
0: can have a little lispy four year old <laughs> doing it.
4: Yeah. But yeah, studies show that um on average Americans use a swear word every two hundred words that they use. That's
0: holy cow, really?
4: Yeah. That's about between I think the that's amazing. Like, yeah.
0: Between. A,
4: it's be- like 1% of your entire, like half a percent of all of your words. Well, but, but you
0: move through a lot of words a day. Exactly. I mean, some more than others, obviously. Yeah. And some use more swear well, words Well, in fact, than
4: it, other words that are used that much are pronouns, such as our and we.
0: So the only words we use more than our swear words are our pronouns, our personal pronouns.
4: No, those are the same. <laughs> other words. Oh, that, oh, we
2: use them the same.
0: Yeah,
4: about the same. Are amount. you serious? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we like swearing as much as we like ourselves, basically. I think we like
0: <laughs> swearing about ourselves. Oh, that's true. I had a guy in my office the other day say, um, he, w- he for one hour straight, he
5: swore, 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 swore.
0: And then, uh, then his wife comes in, and um, he didn't swear. He didn't say one word. And then um, he snuck out a swear word, and she looked at him like, honey, don't swear in front of Matt. And he's like, sorry. And I'm like, where were you the last hour? <laughs> that guy's messed up. He, I mean, really. So isn't it funny that we can control it, but why would we? I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, you'll notice all you listeners on the show, we don't ever swear on the show. We, you know, we had to get rid of Skyboy because he did. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just taking a break. But we don't swear on the show because it's, we just don't feel it's appropriate. We, we want to have a higher standard.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, another. I, I was doing a lot of reading on this prior to on the swearing, show. or on... yeah, <laughs> on swearing. And you need to I like
0: doing. look it up. Yeah. How to swear?
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. I the idiot's there. guide to yeah. swearing. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that, that would be. Me. You want to swear? No. If you're gonna swear, you want to swear smart.
4: Yeah. But so I was doing this reading, and usually when people use swear words, it's to kind of d- express an emotion that they can't express otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I feel personally that a lot of the swearing just comes from a lack of being able to communicate well.
0: Yeah. I think we need what they do on Batman and Spider-Man. They just add the, they add the emotion word in. Like when they hit somebody, they say smack or zap or crack. See, so instead of swearing, you just add in the feeling word. You make me crack, smack. Zap! Mad. See, it's cleaner. What do you think? Do you feel that? You're feeling it,
2: Ben. I can see you like that. Are, are we? Are we talking about Batman and Spider-Man from the 1960s? Oh, I, yeah. I don't feel like you've watched recent <laughs> Hold on, <is> there adaptations <laughs> what they, of. What do they have it's in the, the recent one, movies? It's the one, one <laughs> true
6: Batman.
0: Yeah. It's I know the Rob's true feelings Batman.
2: on Adam West are complicated. You remember at best. those
6: fight scenes?
0: Uh,
2: that, yeah, of course. Zap! I don't know. If
0: zap! Pow! Bam! Pow! Pow! Yeah. See, but so instead of swearing, you can get the same emotion by just using pow, like that. Are you with me? Let's start a movement.
6: Look at who's just all quiet as Bryce. Bryce, hey, I want to swear. Well, that makes me wonder, though. What's ba- What's worse? The feeling behind what you say, the anger, the rage, or what you say? So my grandfather, yeah, who at times would... Kind of flippantly say because. something, even though he wasn't that mad. Yeah. Is he worse than me when I'm genuinely mad and I let out a crying out Pete? Ooh, what You'd say what? Crying out Pete? Yeah, I don't know. Just some, some, some kind of euphemism, well, but there's real rage behind it. Yeah, and Rob and I
2: were talking about this before the hmm. show, actually, and uh, not to get a little too academic on it, but in my area or field of expertise, as it were, in literary theory and, and linguistic theory would say, especially in the last 50 years, would tell you that words are inherently meaningless, right. that we it's the context the, right. that we create around a word that, right. that creates actual meaning. And so I think Rob has a good point that the what we're trying to express with the word is more important than the actual word itself which is, is kind of problematic in our society when it's any use of the word bam! Into, you nailed yeah. it See, I think you nailed that That's, that was bam that was my excitement
0: that you nailed that because it's just a word I'm the Robin to your Batman in this case right which is why we miss Skyboy because he actually wears tights and a cape well he was Superman I think there's a reason he didn't want to show up on the swearing show Do you know what I mean
2: you didn't want to
3: get fired? Yeah, probably. No, if we want to pull a meeting out of this, we have to understand that Merit, we have we give her complete control of the scheduling of guests yeah. and essentially the topic of our shows. Merit's
0: the one that's got focus, let's admit um, it. Uh, let's see She's Tuesdays
3: focused. Tuesdays was feedback. Yeah. Wednesdays was anger. anger. Today's is swearing. swearing. You know, I'm not
0: Weird. I'm not gonna say that's
3: what Hold it was. It. But
0: I'm just gonna say I'm noticing something. Is she trying to say something? Merritt, are you trying to say something through your show picks? I mean, you're picking topics that seem to be very germane to um, a few of us. Of
4: course I am. It is my, I'm like a vigilante of the radio you world.
0: Are a vigilante. <laughs> you're scary. You don't even need to use bad <laughs> words. You just use this passive uh, choice of our guests <laughs> to slowly fix all of us.
4: Of course. That's exactly Hey, what who
0: knows what we're talking about Monday? Hmm. <laughs> Who? Hey, let, let's Not just really? guess. What do we need to fix the most? Our dress, dating, <laughs> bad bosses. Oh, Don's great. You guys. Don't. Don's a good guy. And Don listens. Well, um, oh, that's good. That's really. I'm glad you pointed that out, Bryce. Really, because that's that's impactful. She's working us. Okay. Cursing. Then. So think of this. Do you do you use a lot of curse words? Is that what we call it? Cussing curse words? Do you use a lot of swear words, is what we call it kind of in the Midwest? Do you use a lot of foul language around your children? By the way, guess what part of the country, Rob's been doing research to find out which part of the country uses the most From a very word.
6: highly scientific poll from a magazine. So. Which magazine? Do well, you there, I say? have no idea. I okay. have You didn't, didn't even want to clarify to wife, your but... sources? <laughs> no clue. I just printed okay. the, Whatever. the graphic hey, out. Maybe
0: it wasn't even a source. Ohio. Ooh, they're the top swearers. They're the top
6: of all 50 states. Bing, 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 bing,
0: bing, bing, bing. Congratulations to Ohio.
6: Which does it? Is it one city in general or is it all of Ohio? I think they just did it on a state by state survey. But rounding out the top five Ohio, Maryland, New Jersey, Louisiana, and Illinois. Hey, if you're looking for a good cussing out, head to Ohio or New Jersey
0: or New Jersey or Maryland or
6: where? Um, Illinois. Louisiana. Or Louisiana. How about on the other end,
0: though? The happy non-cur- non-cursing. Actually, you could be happy cursing because apparently there's some healing that goes on with our cursing. Merritt's going to teach us that in a minute. But um, w- what are the happy non cursors Washington State. Washington.
6: It's the apples. Yeah. It's hard to cuss when you got an apple in your mouth. In a good mood. Followed by Massachusetts, Arizona, Tennessee, and Virginia. Look at that. Could that be more spread out? Foink. The whole country. All over. Hmm. It's not a regional thing.
0: It's a, you, anyone can curse. doesn't matter where you're from.
2: We're an equal opportunity swearing nation. <laughs> uh, what about
0: um, please and thank yous?
6: Oh, and that's what's interesting, too. Some of the states that, uh, for instance, you're very likely to get sworn at in California, but it's also one of the higher states to say please and thank you. Really? Please stop, sto-
0: stop swearing and cussing at me. But, thank you, you.
6: but you are most likely to hear a please and thank you if you're in South Carolina, North Carolina, Maryland, Louisiana, and Georgia. Now, that sounds regional.
2: Yeah, I'm from South. the South, and I can tell you please and thank you is, is, is a pretty big deal. In fact, my grandma's visiting town this week, uh, and she's lived her whole life in Charleston, South Carolina, and she's always telling my younger brothers, my younger siblings, you know, uh, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yeah. be, be polite, please please and thank you. So, But definitely Th- a Southern does thing. Does she swear?
0: You want to bring that up right now? No, no. Okay, good. You just threw your Grammy into the car. Yeah, Sorry, on right the bus. <laughs> just tossed over. Hey, what about thank you? Same thing. Please and thank yous. That's all just the South. Yeah. And one, there was one Northern state.
6: Oh, yeah, Washington. Gee, oh, that was Western. Yeah.
0: Washington's got their act together. Yeah. You got to respect that. Hmm. So think about it. Please, thank you. Maybe there's a correlation there, right, with a cursing as well. Today we're going to be talking about it. When we come back, we're going to have uh, our own Bryce Tobin is going, to, is going to talk about maybe other words we try to use instead of cursing, but it sounds just like we're cursing. Um, and we're going to get into that as well. We're also going to bring on the expert, Dr. Eileen Kennedy-Moore is going to be joining us to talk about the study on cursing and our children, what to do instead, and the impact it has. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
7: It may be time to replace your lava lamp with an algae lamp that cleans the air of CO2.
5: This is Innovation Now bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. A French biochemist named Pierre Callea is promoting a new
7: design for an indoor-outdoor lamp that not only lights up, but absorbs more CO2 from the air than a living tree. His lamp concept is a tall cylinder of glass filled with water and tinted a bright green from the live algae floating inside. An inner glass core runs up the center of the device, holding LED light bulbs. A solar cell and battery system in the base stores power and lights the lamp's LEDs at night. The light from these LEDs, as well as sunlight by day, gives the algae the energy it needs to consume carbon dioxide from the air and give off oxygen. Kalea claims the amount of CO2 removed from the air in one year by the green lamp is equal to about one ton or all the CO2 bound up in a tree over its entire lifespan. In the future, it may be possible to tap the algal cells themselves for the lamp's electricity, thus closing the loop to make a self-contained device. Sounds like a bright idea. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
5: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
1: On Thinking Aloud, you can hear host Marcus Smith talk with guests about a variety of topics. The subjects can range from superheroes to religion, sometimes even in the same conversation. One of the things that I have
5: learned through studying superheroes and thinking about superheroes is that genuine spirituality is actually harder to do than a certain kind of orthodox religiosity.
1: Join us for Thinking Aloud at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about your children and your language. Swearing. Apparently, about every 200 words or so, we use a swear word. Uh, And I think even Bryce would beg to differ. It's not that far apart. I was going to say, that's pretty sparse. Yeah, but see, you... You've been, you have some good opinions about this. I
3: always have good opinions. My opinions are the best opinions.
0: Just well, like there's best
3: Korea. Is that what they call it? Like North Korea, they call it best Korea.
0: Oh. Something like yeah. that. Something so, like yours that. Are, these, so your opinions are the best. Now you, are, well, let's just play your bit, but your bit is about replacement words, other words that could be used in lieu of swearing.
3: Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. Children are little miracles, little miracles that make us painfully aware of our many flaws. My family was thrilled when my sister had a kid, and then a few years later, we were thrilled when this kid started talking. Then one day, my brother-in-law messed something up, and he yelled, Crap! Which, if we were to rank words by inappropriateness, crap is definitely more toward the top, but it doesn't quite make the list of words I'll get fired for saying on air. Anyway, he yells, and his toddler son looks at him and yells, crap. That was the moment the game changed. He was now capable of copying us. Where'd this come from? We'd repeatedly tried to get him to say simpler words, you know, words that he really has a use for, but somehow he gets this word right on his first try. From then on, we'd have to watch our words. Nothing could ever be the same. I do not get how kids do this. But who am I kidding, this story's nothing new. Kids either mess up speaking a word or repeat an expletive they heard somewhere and it creates a chain reaction. First off, They have no idea what's really happening, but they certainly notice that something's going on. Suddenly everyone's paying attention to them, so they did something right? And then you have unhelpful uncles like myself who laugh. I almost can't help it. For me, there are few things in this world as funny as toddlers suddenly swearing. I don't know if it's because of how unexpected it is. I don't know if it's the sudden foulness contrasting with the natural adorability that children have. Maybe it's knowing there's an embarrassing problem that needs to be solved, yet I have no responsibility to solve it. I just get to watch and enjoy the mess. Whatever the reason, it is HILARIOUS to me. So then, kids see someone like me laughing, or at least trying to hold back laughter... And that's a good thing, right? I mean, with a kid's simple sense of humor, laughter is good, and you should try to get as many laughs as possible. So if that word gets attention and laughs, both of which are good things, good luck getting a kid to forget that word. So what do we do? We use replacement words. It's a solid strategy. In fact, crap is nothing more than a replacement word, but it's kind of taken on a life of its own, so I guess it doesn't really fall into this category. But I think replacement words exist so we can give our kids something to say in public instead of swearing and having people judge us all the time. Look, my neighbors like to scream and swear. I can't control what It gets hurt, okay? The replacement words are okay for kids, but once you're an adult, just so you know, replacement words are no longer all right. You sound like a cartoon character, and I don't mean you sound cute or immature. You sound like the victim of poor script writing. So by solving the problem of kids swearing, we create adults that are hard to take seriously. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome.
0: See, so here's the problem. What? I guess you just have to have a good vocabulary.
3: Keep it diverse. In fact, vocabulary is the best indicator of high IQs, and it's also the last thing you lose when uh, when you have Alzheimer's and your brain is really? falling apart. That's the last thing that goes.
0: Is your vocabulary.
3: Your vocabulary. That's In fact, that's probably the best measurement of smarts, if you want to be short about it. I,
0: I like the idea. See, again, it's, they're words, but the, it also is like – Because they use flip and dang and darn and fetch and all these words that people use in lieu. There's even better words than all of that. There probably is. (laughs) I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's words that are better or at least words
3: that my immediate thought isn't you know, you probably you probably should have just actually said the word you're trying not to say. I probably right. would have thought you were a more intelligent person if you had done that.
0: Not that I'm advocating yeah. swearing. So you don't need to swear, even though there's emotion behind it. Maybe there's other ways you could use words that have emotion, like I gave the example:
2: pow, zap, crack. I on, need more. You're on really on a pick. crusade with this. Comic I think book it's
0: going to take on I really don't. You think? Seriously, like if, instead of, "Hey, officer," that. Lady, pow, made me so crack mad.
3: I don't know. I'm, I don't know.
0: Do you think? Because you a cricket. Flip. <laughs> you know, um, swearing. The bigger thing for me is the kids and the emotion that you're putting behind it. There is some research saying, though, right, Mara, that um, apparently swearing does something. <laughs> To our positive, like our energy. So what does it do? Like it makes us, it gets rid of negative energy or something.
4: It's a painkiller. Oh. Yeah, there was a study well, done. Well, nothing's wrong with a painkiller. <laughs> yeah, there was a study done um, from the UK's Keele University that had um, participants put their arms in really, really, really cold water. Yeah. And had them repeat swear words just over and over and over and see how long they could last. And they monitored all sorts interesting. of- interesting Their brain activity and their heart rate and everything. And when they did- swear, their heart rate was lower, and they were able to deal with the pain a lot better than, than those than, that didn't. Yeah.
0: Well, I wonder if those other s- replacement words would matter.
4: Flip! I, I was thinking you could probably just yell. <laughs> it would yeah. probably work.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe it was the yelling that was really the
4: key. Most likely. Not the swear word. You're distracting yourself from the pain. I...
0: But it's true. You can see how that, it gives you something. Well, there not there a thing called the um, primal... Scream primal yell where you, whenever you just the rebel feeling, yell, no, that's different. <laughs> the pri- there's a primal scream where you're just the will help catharsis, yeah. But you do, and is. all you do is you just yell, and just the yell gets it out, lets the energy out.
3: Yeah, um, uh, they did research on it. It's actually not that nope. That was a 60s thing, and, ah, and, and like a lot smack! of smack. And like, and like most research from the 60s, or I guess most theories from the 60s, we realized <laughs> oh wait, we had no idea what we were
0: talking about well, when we made that thing up. Let's admit they were doing drugs in the 60s. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I said it. Boom, and I'm but, a PhD. So susumi. Um No, but it's interesting. This swearing thing's a big deal, and when we have, our, we're going to bring on our guest after this break, Dr. Eileen Kennedy-Moore is going to help us look at the study about swearing and our children. Maybe give us some guidance, hopefully, on the What to do instead? What do we do when our child is swearing? What really is the role, maybe, of swearing in our lives, if there is such a role? I would just go with a better vocabulary, quite honestly. Or, you know, uh, comic book smack words. Uh, We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
5: Did you leave BYU without a degree?
4: I'm thankful for the Bachelor of General Studies program because as I chose the life that I wanted to live, being a full-time mom, staying at home and raising my children, it just gave me hope that I could still finish my goal, but at the same time I could still be fulfilling my responsibilities as a wife and a mother while still being able to take university courses.
3: Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General Studies.
1: This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Portions of Oklahoma are once again facing tornado warnings after a powerful storm destroyed whole portions of Moore, Oklahoma, last week. This time, a crucial oil hub could be hit by the severe weather. Once again, President Obama has received a rice and laced letter, according to Secret Service officials. The new letter is reportedly similar to one sent to New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg yesterday. A Wisconsin appeals court ruled the state's controversial voter ID law is constitutional despite opposition claiming the law will deny potential voters the opportunity to vote. Supporters say the law is a step forward for stopping election fraud. An Iranian-born used car salesman from Texas has been sentenced to 25 years in prison for conspiring with an Iranian, Iranian military unit to assassinate the Saudi Arabian ambassador to the U.S. In entertainment news, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings says if the actors are willing, a fifth season of the recently revived show Arrested Development could be a possibility. Despite mixed reviews from critics, Hastings says viewers love season four. In world news, following confirmation the Pakistani Taliban's second-in-command was killed yesterday, the insurgent organization has already named a successor. According to sources inside the group, the new number two was chosen unanimously by acting leaders. Syrian officials say they have received a shipment of powerful anti-aircraft missiles from Russia, a move which is being internationally criticized. White House Press Secretary Jay Carney says the move is a step in the wrong direction. And the French have finally given French kissing an official term. The slang term galoche has now been officially recognized in a 2014 edition of a prominent French dictionary. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
0: welcome back everybody to the Matt Townsend show today we're talking about your cute little children those little bundles of joy and uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere you're watching them play a video game like gentle Ben here and uh, they start swearing I remember my mom I was playing basketball um, by myself in my um, in my driveway by the way totally killing it dominating the game when I was seven.
2: By, and by yourself, as you normally play. Yeah. Oh, but I was killing yeah.
0: him. I mean, you know how hard it is to keep a game going by yourself, full court. <laughs> <I> <laughs> were, was you calling, were you calling the place too? Yeah, I was calling the place. I was coaching. I was filming a few a few bits of it. Um, but she thought I swore, and she came out and said, "Matthew." When she said that, you know, ah, geez, I blew it. She's mad. I don't want to hear that language come from you. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" But she thought I swore, and I felt bad that I had let my mom down because I d- didn't want to be the kind of kid that would swear. Um, so th- there's there's an interesting kind of power behind some of this or um maybe a standard behind it. Again, I don't think the words are the point. I think the energy, the emotions, the point. But it's just a language and language is language. We're the ones that create the meaning behind it, but it's got to be impacting our kids. If our kids are learning swear words and the energy, and maybe, by the way, a lot of the words aren't, don't have great definitions if you get into them. Um, all of the sudden, our kids might be picking up some stuff that we do not intend to give them when we're swearing in front of them. So, what we decided to do is bring on the expert, Eileen Kennedy Moore, who is a Ph.D. and a psychologist in Princeton, New, at Princeton, based in Princeton, New Jersey. She's the author of an award-winning children's book called What About Me? 12 Ways to Get Your Parents' Attention Without Hitting Your Sister. And I'm going to bet one of them would be swearing. <laughs> Darn it. Eileen, are you there?
8: I am. Hi, Matt. How are you? having me on the show.
0: You bet. Thanks for being on the show. Now, I mean, is, should we worry about swearing, cussing, in front of our children.
8: I think we should because they're definitely gonna pick it up. And that old parental line of do what I say, not what I do yeah. never works. Really? <laughs> never works. I mean it's so. it's funny
0: because I have I have six kids. Uh huh. Seriously Eileen. And um my wife, I have never, ever, ever heard my wife swear. Isn't that with amazing? Her. Um she's yeah, she hasn't been so fortunate with me, but it's because of my parents. And I don't want to go there. Um, But Eileen, tell me what is okay. So when you think of every 140 to every 200 words, as adults, we're using a swear word. What is it doing to the kids?
8: Well, it's teaching them that that's normal, that that's the way people speak. Now, think about also when the swearing occurs. Right. We just spilled a whole gallon of milk on the kitchen floor. We just missed the exit when we're driving and we're in a hurry. And the swear word just bursts out of us. Mm Well, kids are magnets for emotions, so this seems very exciting and intriguing that <laughs> that big word um, with such emotion behind yeah. it comes out of a, a parent's mind. Why wouldn't a kid try that?
0: Oh, sure. And, and, it, and you know what? It gets attention. If you, Absolutely. You know, if you're a Mother's Day at Grandma's and your kid's dropping a swear word, <laughs> it's going to get attention really
8: fast. Absolutely. All the adults are all of a sudden up in arms. oh, my goodness, how could you say that? And I think it also, your point about its language um, is is very well taken. Because think back about the the two-year-olds and they love, or the the, like two to four, they love that potty talk.
0: Yeah, Yeah. oh yeah.
8: And what's the fastest way to make sure that potty talk lasts a long time in your family? Just have a big emotional reaction because, oh, oh, it seems like such a big deal.
0: So when you do catch your kids swearing, I guess we're going to get into all of this, but I guess part of it is... Don't add more energy to it. Exactly, because that seems like a. So you're saying kids are seriously attracted to the emotion. That that's actually surprising to me. I didn't know that. I guess just because there's attention behind it. Intriguing
8: to them. Yeah, it's intriguing.
0: Yeah, well, it's like a car ride. Their
8: attention. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Can't help but look.
0: (laughs) You just gotta look, and um, but uh, the other thing I guess is um, along with everything in our relationship with our children is. We have to kind of understand them and know how to approach them, right?
8: Right, right. And, and it's also picking the moments. So when your child is extremely upset, that's not the best time for them to learn something. Yeah. It's... So wait till they're calmer, and then you can explain, I know you were really upset about what Anthony did to you, but that kind of language... It's just not nice. It's not polite. Let's Mm. think about some other things you can do.
0: Well, I mean, in a weird way, it's kind of like hitting, too, isn't it? It's like verbal hitting.
8: It's impulsive. It Mm -hmm. just kind of bursts out.
0: And developmentally, I guess, too, every kid's at a different stage. I mean, I guess if you're hearing a teenager swear, that's different than a a 10-year-old versus a toddler.
8: Absolutely. For a teenager, the swearing is kind of distancing from the staid adult's culture, and it's a sense of power and a little bit of a rebellion It really doesn't affect that much. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of a safe way to rebel, to say nasty right. words. Don't
0: you think? I mean, um, it's better that than drugs.
8: Absolutely. Absolutely. But a
0: lot of us are convinced that it's going to lead first to swearing, then the tattoos, then the drugs.
8: Well, it's certainly not pleasant. To hear that. And and frankly, it's not a good way to be in a relationship with somebody, to be mm-hmm. swearing at somebody. The, the conversation's not going to go anywhere good right. after the swearing. So it's worth talking about it. And again, not in the heat of the moment, um, because they just, they're not going to be open to hearing about that.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and you also, if you just walk down the halls of your kids' junior high,
8: mm-hmm.
0: you're going to hear stuff. That will right. floor you.
8: Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's crazy
0: what our kids they, are hearing. They use
8: the F word like a, a yeah a, an adjective and an adverb. I know you're and like and a wow. a <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, if they knew what, if they actually were, if they were actually like, what did they call it when you used to have to break down the sentences and you would put
8: <laughs> yeah, you'd construct your sentence.
0: Remember all those <laughs> right. little? If they actually, actually the had to go deconstruct idea. and diagram their sentences, it'd be amazing what they'd be learning from their swearing.
8: Right, and and it's part of belonging to the group. So for the younger kids, it's, it's really, I mean, not the teenagers, but older than the, the little ones, it's it's sort of like belonging to the group is what the other kids are doing, and mm. that's so important to them. I'll, I'll tell you a story. I have four children, so I'm yeah. a little far further behind. Well,
0: come on, pick up the pace.
8: <laughs> so... One time, my son w- went to basketball camp, and he was, I guess, towards the end of elementary school, and he came home going, F this, F that, and Ugh. he was just laughing and just thought that was hilarious. So, I pulled him aside and said, do you realize what you're saying? And I explained it to him, and he looked horrified, and <laughs> that was the yeah. end of that, for a while, anyway. <laughs> yeah,
0: isn't that interesting? It's just, it's their naivete, huh? They're just... Right,
8: but You know, he didn't know what the word meant, but he absolutely picked up on the sense that this is kind of a naughty, Mm -hmm. daring thing to say. I'm
0: living on the edge, Mom.
8: Right, yeah, from the other little darlings at baseball, basketball camp.
0: Isn't that amazing? And and TV, I mean, I'm a big um, YouTuber, and I love to just see a lot of the stuff on YouTube. There is just a ton of bad language on YouTube, and your kids are looking at it all day long.
8: Right. On the Internet, there are no restrictions. TV does have some limits about swearing at certain times of the day, yeah. but the, the Internet has none.
0: It's funny because when I was growing up, you know, if somebody could go sneak a smoke, that was like super rebellious. Cool. Uh-huh. Oh, my. heavens, not uh-huh. you smoked? Um, but it's it's everything now. I mean, literally, there's people sneaking everything you can imagine. So yeah. in a weird way, swearing sounds so tame. Like It's such a tame problem to have. I can almost imagine a parent out there thinking, oh, yeah, I'm real worried about his swearing.
8: Uh, <laughs> my
0: son does pot or my son's right. doing drugs or just got arrested. or."
8: And, and that's a good point, Matt. But at the same time, if a kid is swearing at a parent, yeah. there's something going on there that's not right. There's, it's certainly not knowing how to be in a relationship in a respectful way.
0: And, and I guess that's what, that's the main key to notice from the swearing, huh, is that it's its telling you something else. It's telling you that they're being influenced by their friends. It's telling you that they're looking for some attention. It's telling you that they they need a relationship that's different with you.
8: And it's certainly not going to make a good impression with teachers. No, right. So, I mean, we love them with all our hearts, our own children, and we don't like it if they're swearing. Somebody who doesn't love them is going to think even more askance.
0: Oh, my heavens. You just brought up a horrible memory. Um... Where, not, no offense to you, because you didn't mean to, Eileen. By the way, we're talking with Eileen Kennedy Moore, Ph.D. Um, from Princeton, New Jersey, who is the author of What About Me? Twelve Ways to Get Your Parents' Attention Without Hitting Your Sister, which is really a novel idea. Um, my daughter got my attention. One day we're sitting there, and it was the dumbest thing. But um, we got called by the police, a police officer. And it just so happens to be a police officer we knew. I mean we don't know that many people Uh-oh. but uh it's just like hey is this is this Matt Townsend and I'm like yep and uh and he gave me his name and I'm like hey how are you Kevin? Oh good I'm just standing out here with your daughter who uh um we you know who was doing some stuff and uh, you know I th- I think I think you need to come get her. How old was she? She was uh 15 but what she okay. was doing again this is just good old fashioned Utah fun um, she would stand across the street from another person they 'd be exactly across the street from each other and when a car would come they 'd pretend to reach down and pull on a rope that's not real an imaginary rope uh-huh and they'd both, they'd both pull on the <laughs> rope and all the cars would stop and then they would and then the cars would realize there's no rope anywho um, so i'm like so what's she doing he's like, well she's doing the old fake rope thing, and i 'm like the what yeah, she's pulling on a fake rope and, uh, you know, it's ca- causing some problems over here. So if you could just come get her. And I'm like, oh, my heavens.
8: But what a sense of power. Like, I know. She the fake rope. <laughs> she
0: stops traffic. And then, by the way, some of her dumber friends actually ran from the cops, which that created a problem.
8: Oh. But
0: um, the fake rope. But it, I mean, really, every one of us have done something. You know, we've toilet papered houses. We've thrown an egg here or there. we your wife. Yeah, except for my wife, but we've we've done something, and it really is just kind of a child's way to to find its position and some power.
8: Exactly, that's the key word there, Matt.
0: And so, so that's normal. I just want that clear, right,
8: Eileen. Yeah, you're, you're it, the it child. is normal, but, but at the same time, it's our adult's job to yeah, to rein yeah. them in and, and find them healthier ways to show their yeah. power and experience their power. I so agree. you knew about the rope trick. Maybe you'd done that yourself, but you didn't let it continue.
0: No. Well, he says, so do you want to come get her? Or do you want me to just send her home? And I'm like, no, tase her. I want you to tase her <laughs> right now. One tase, she'll never do the rope trick again. <laughs> By the way, the other night, I saw my other son doing the rope trick.
8: Oh, no. <laughs> yep,
0: and he was like six. No, he's, he's how old is he? He's, he's, he'll damn, kill me. he's but... 10. But he'll kill me, and I'm like, no, don't do the rope trick. Sarah almost got tased <laughs> doing the rope trick. Um, we're talking with Eileen Kennedy-Moore. We're going to take a break. When we come back, um, Dr. Moore, Kennedy-Moore is going to teach us something really important. She's going to teach us how to teach our children not to swear, how to clean up their vocabulary, how to not overreact, and understand what our words really mean. We're going to come back with uh, more right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
7: Today, semiconductor chips are printed or etched, but in the future, they might be grown.
5: This is Innovation Now. Bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
7: Researchers at Lund University in Sweden think they might have the beginnings of a new method for making semiconductor chips. Well, making isn't perhaps the best word for it. Currently, chips are made in a photolithographic process. You lay down layers of other elements over silicon, then etch the layers with light beams to cut the circuits from the layers. There's a limit, however, to the traditional process. To go smaller, you need a new way to do it. What they propose are chips that aren't made, but instead are grown from basic elements. Chips that self-assemble into working circuits in an imitation of organic processes. Their experiments so far involve creating the basic substructures of chips. It starts with nanoparticles of gold, suspended in a gas and baked in an oven. Elements of the gas mixture connect to the seeds of gold nanoparticles and rapidly form nanowire crystals. Their next step is finding a method to make these nanowires self-assemble into working circuits onto a base of glass or silicon or steel. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
5: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Start your day off right with the morning show. Host Marcus Smith always gives you something new to think about. I want to live my life all over again, and it's because I've got the wrong career. Uh, well, there's twelve different careers. I want to be uh, I want to be a rock star. That's one thing I want to do. I want to be a clinical psychologist. I think that'd be fantastic too. But boy, you hear you hear about what people actually study, and I just I'm just mesmerized by it. Catch the morning show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern here on
1: Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Today we're talking with Dr. Eileen Kennedy-Moore, who is a psychologist based in Princeton, New Jersey. She is the author of an award-winning children's book called What About Me? Twelve Ways to Get Your Parents' Attention Without Hitting Your Sister. You can find more about her on the website www.attentionwithouthitting.com. And uh, Dr. uh, Eileen Kennedy-Moore is joining us thanks again for being with us, Eileen.
8: My pleasure Matt
0: I mean really, kids are just they're just grown i mean we're just grown up kids as, That's as true. parents yes. don't you think? and the I older agree. I get, the more I'm like, oh, I, gotta <laughs> I got to grow up. I've got to grow up because my kids are learning some really crazy stuff but as as we sit there and we talk about swearing, swearing is um and by the way, hitting's another one too that your book is about i mean in a way, those are just different ways we're choosing to interact with other people. And it's in the end, it's going to end up hurting them more than helping them.
8: Exactly. Exactly. So the key idea with the book was to give children alternative ways to ask for the attention they needed so that they don't have to resort for hitting. And the same thing is true with the swearing, that one of the best things we can do is to give kids replacement words. Hmm. So things like, Fiddlesticks, yeah. Or golly gee willikers or yeah. something that's fun to say.
0: Oh, sure. Well, until Not you're 14, then close. you'll get beat up.
8: Right. But for the little ones, we can definitely do that. And not too close to the real swear word, because we don't want to have people mishear it and think that they're saying it. So S-H-I-P is probably not a good
0: substitute. That's true. No, you know what? And it really is. It's kind of like we try to be cute and coy, but in a way you might set your kids up. I mean, your kids can get in a lot of trouble today. We're we're a very hypersensitive Culture, it seems, about a lot of things, and so one what one wrong word can get get your child in trouble. So maybe something that's so completely opposite, or maybe find a word that only your family uses or finds mm-hmm. funny.
8: It's something that's fun to say, like a lot of consonants in it, and yeah. a little bit of a bite in it could could be a, a fun thing to say it, to, to substitute for it.
0: It's pretty. It's an interesting cultural thing because I grew up. Like, even saying the word crap was bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, not bad, but just like, oh, come on,
8: grow right. up. Well, not appropriate.
0: Not appropriate. But then I'm yeah. sitting there in church and I hear all these people like literally saying it over the pulpit. And every time I recoil. Now, uh-huh. is that just scripting? Am I just scripted to recoil every time I hear a word? I guess I learned that when I'm young. So when I hear it when I'm older, I recoil.
8: And probably most of the people that you hang around with don't say that. Yeah. And it's, it's, or at it's, least at it's, church. Right. Over <laughs> so the it's, pulpit. It's, I mean, we, we sort of get an idea of what's normal and what's typical, starting with our families, but then emerging to our friends and, and our workplace people. Mm.
0: And this, and some of our families aren't ideal.
8: Mm-hmm. Right. That's they may true. not know
0: that, hey, Dad, you don't do that.
8: And that is really the first step in curbing our children's swearing is to really clean up our own speech. Mm. Now, one thing that can be fun is is if, because it can be a habit, you know, you just just burst out and you don't really mean it and you're, you're not really thinking about...
4: The 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 meaning of the word
8: is just kind of bursting out of you. So if this has become a habit, you can get your kids involved in helping you curb that habit Mm -hmm. that can help them to be more aware of that. So you can say, you know, I just know that I've fallen into a habit of, of using... Less than polite language, so help me notice. And every time I blow it, i got to throw a quarter in the jar. And that will go towards something for the family. And believe me, your kids will be on it. No, totally, don't you
0: think? (laughs) Oh, I mean, yeah, because kids are all about fair. That's not fair, Dad. You do it. You do Uh it. Well, shut up, you blank and blanker. And then all of a sudden, off we go. But I like, too, that you say it's about emotion. I mean, we're throwing these words out when we're already hijacked with emotion.
8: Exactly, exactly.
0: And so we're teaching them that you you can change and you can have some control.
8: And and I think that's a, that's a great example to give for our kids. They don't need to see our perfection, but they need to see us working and trying um, to do our best to be a better person every day.
0: What do you do when they really drop a swear word right in front of you and you are humiliated? I mean, they did it at your, you know, at your workplace or they did it somewhere where you look bad, your tendency is to overreact, which I'm, I'm right. sure is not appropriate.
8: So if possible, I would like if it were at a workplace, I would say, excuse me, we need to step out and scoot the kid out of there yeah. so that we can talk about that privately and just say, ask them, what impression do you think it created of my work colleagues with you using that language? Mm. And get them to do a little bit of self-reflection. And then, with, with a work scenario where it really is, or, you know, like a church service or some place where we're supposed to be on our best behavior, mm-hmm. I think it would be appropriate to say, I think it would be a good idea for you to go apologize to them. So, now, but, but that's different than if they're in, the, in a heated moment. Yeah. And they're just mad at you because you won't let them go on the slumber party or whatever it is. Right. And they, they drop a bomb of a word.
0: And then when they, so let's just use that scenario. I mean, if it's a scenario where they may have affected other people, or even you, we can go have an apology. If it's, right. if it's a moment of heated, you're not letting me have the sleepover. They run to their, they drop the swear word. They run to the room. They slam the door. What do we do?
8: If they're out of the room, like if they're so heated and they're away from you anyway, I yeah. would wait till they calm down to speak about it. If they're there and they're right in front of you and they're waiting for your reaction, the instinctive parental response is to say, you can't talk to me like yep. that. <laughs> yep, tase them. Right. Except they already did. Right. And we can't shove the words back into their mouth. Right. The bell so is rung. Right. So what we can just do is just draw the line for them and say, it's not okay for you to talk to me like that, and then turn your back immediately. Turn around. Go do the dishes or laundry, because anything is more interesting than sitting and engaging with somebody who's swearing at us.
6: That's
0: so true. And instead, we engage them, don't we? And then, in a weird way, we become like them. So now we're in a swearing fight, I guess, with our kids? Right.
8: And what I tell my um, clients often is that the, the Human reaction when somebody's really angry with us and yelling at us is to meet anger with anger. But the problem is the second we start yelling, we are no longer a parent. We are a sibling. And you know what that looks oh, like.
0: Yes. Someone's going to get hurt.
8: given away all of our parental authority.
0: It really is. There's power in just knowing when to turn around, huh? When, right. Knowing when to walk away.
8: But also there's power also in saying, here's the line. Yeah. It's not okay to talk to me like that.
0: I love that, and the, and and be direct, and don't add you little blank right. and blank. Just right. it's not okay to talk to me like that. Right, um, and
8: with that that bone deep certainty, the sky is blue, the grass is green. It's not okay for you to talk to me like that, or I anyone. No doubt. Yeah. Yep.
0: That's great. And then uh, what? Okay, so answer me this. I we've need I've needed to talk about my kids for hours or years. So I'm so glad you're here. Um, <laughs> What okay? What do you do when they they're not swearing, but they just roll their eyes, and you just want to grab their little eye rolls and just push them <laughs> back in their head? What do you do? Because that's communication. Like, oh, mom.
8: It it really is. <laughs> it really is.
0: And that's not. I mean, that's. But it's energy. It's just as bad as a swear word sometimes.
8: Uh huh. And and that's the message behind the eye rolls. Yeah, too.
0: exactly. It's it is. It's the easy way to put your parents down without swearing.
8: Right. Honestly, that one I would ignore. Jeez. Mm. Because it just gives them too much power. Really? All I have to do is roll my eyes and my parent flips out?
0: That's true. We're like a puppet. I mean,
8: that's just so tempting. So Ooh, tempting. I like
0: that. It, just walk away.
8: Yep.
0: Ooh. I'd roll my eyes back. Then I'd walk away. <laughs> I'd roll my eyes and then turn my back. Um, I also like that you, you feel it's important, especially, I guess, with the younger ones, to let them know really what they're saying.
8: Well, that can be one way to do that. I told you the story earlier of my son who was uh, dropping the F word, and he didn't know what he was saying, but he absolutely picked up that this is kind of a racy word to be saying. And um, and there was a lot of giggling going on. So sometimes just explaining, do you realize what you're saying here?
0: Um, There's a lot of words people are using today that aren't even a swear word, but it's so derogatory, and if they had any clue what that word was... They would never use the word. I mean, it's and it's just, I mean, my kids are saying stuff that again, I would never say. I didn't even know what it was till I was 30. And then, but they're using it. So, yeah, pull out Wikipedia, pull out the dictionary, and start showing them.
8: And you know, say the same sentence with non swear words that mean the same thing. Yeah. And say, so what you're saying is, <laughs> and, does that make any sense?
0: I love that idea. And it's, I guess, the biggest key to all of this is you got to keep your head about you.
8: Right, right. Because it is just words. So, I mean, it's it's kind of like manners. I mean, we want our children to not wipe their, their mouths on their shirts. Yeah. And we want them to not swear. <laughs> yeah. When, Inappropriate times, or even you know just just something in a place where it would be showing disrespect, um, so it's just it's not appropriate now one tricky thing is that it 's often part of like teen culture, and mm. if as you said, if you see a bunch of teen boys they're, and they 're playing basketball, they 're all cussing oh yeah so. That's probably not the biggest place to, to push our energy on the swearing. Right. And you could say, I know your guy friends do this. It's really not appropriate around adults.
0: Yeah. Well, and, it's, and in, a, in the end, it's going to hurt you. Certain coaches exactly. won't like it. Certain girls, right. when they hear it, aren't going to want to go out with you.
8: Right. And nobody is going to say, ooh, I want to be friends with John because he says curse words. That's right. <laughs>
0: He's the best cursor in the whole school.
8: Right, it's not an attractive thing. And uh, for my kids, I used to say, it's a sign of a limited vocabulary. Yeah,
0: totally. I love that one, because it sounds so intellectual. (laughs) But it's true. I mean, really, there are better words, which is one of your other points, is let's make sure we also know what else they could say.
8: You know what's interesting about cursing is what constitutes a curse word has changed historically. Like, it used to be horrific to say bloody. Yeah. And now the curse words are mostly sexual. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Isn't that and true? Who
8: knows what they're going to be down the road? But it, I mean, those words have become so common; mm. they've almost lost some of their shock value. And well, maybe
0: that's it. Is maybe that's how you take the power out of it? Is you don't empower it with more energy, like you're saying? Just mm-hmm. make it very matter of fact. Correct. You don't treat me that way. We don't say that. We're talking with Eileen Kennedy Moore, Ph.D. She's a psychologist based in Princeton, New Jersey, and the author of the book, What About Me? Twelve Ways to Get Your Parents' Attention Without Hitting Your Sister. When we come back, we're going to ask her about there are bigger problems, communication problems than swearing, probably. And she's going to get into some of those, like how we speak in a more, more kind way with each other. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
5: KBYU FM, HD2, Provo.
1: This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. As crews work to begin rebuilding a school in Moore, Oklahoma, after a tornado devastated the area last week, more tornado warnings are plaguing northern portions of the state. A key oil hub may be in the path of this new storm. Once again, President Obama has received a rice-and-laced letter, according to Secret Service officials. The new letter is reportedly similar to one sent to New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg yesterday. A Wisconsin appeals court ruled the state's controversial voter ID law is constitutional, despite opposition claiming the law will deny potential voters the opportunity to vote. Supporters say the law is a step forward in stopping election fraud. An Iranian-born used car salesman from Texas has been sentenced to 25 years in prison for conspiring with an Iranian military unit to assassinate the Saudi Arabian ambassador to the U.S. In entertainment news, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings says if the actors are willing, a fifth season of the recently revived show Arrested Development could be a possibility. Despite mixed reviews from critics, Hastings says viewers love season four. In world news, following confirmation the Pakistani Taliban's second-in-command was killed yesterday, the insurgent organization has already named a successor. According to sources inside the group, the new number two was chosen unanimously by acting leaders. Syrian officials say they have received a shipment of powerful anti-aircraft missiles from Russia, a move which is being internationally criticized. White House Press Secretary Jay Carney says the move is in the wrong direction. Japanese officials have canceled an order of wheat from the U.S. after unauthorized genetically modified crops were discovered growing in Oregon. Other major U.S. wheat importers are also closely monitoring the situation. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we have been discussing your children, and when they start dropping the swear words and they start saying all these cute little things that they think are cute but that just oh embarrass you and then you got to take him behind the shed and give him a lashing <laughs> it's so funny to talk about swearing because it seems like you're just so old fashioned but man These kids nowadays, there's a a lot of stuff they're saying. So we've asked Eileen Kennedy Moore, Ph.D. She's a psychologist based in Princeton and the author of the book, What About Me? Twelve Ways to Get Your Parents' Attention Without Hitting Your Sister. She has joined us, and she's trying to educate us um, in how to go about kind of correcting this. So thanks again for being with us, Eileen.
8: My pleasure, Matt.
0: And they should go. They can go to your website, EileenKennedyMoore.com. Or they can go to the other website, attentionwithouthitting.com. Is that right? Yes. Where do they get your books?
8: Um, Well, I have several books out there. In addition to What About Me, 12 Ways to Get Your Parents' Attention Without Hitting, which is my uh, children's book. I also have two books for parents, Smart Parenting for Smart Kids and The Unwritten Rules of Friendship, about helping children learn social and emotional skills.
0: Oh, neat. Smart Parenting for Smart Kids. What if the kids aren't so smart? What kind of parenting do we need there?
8: Well, it really is about helping kids to be smart about handling their own emotions and getting along with people.
0: Love it. We're going to have to have you back on because that, you know, that's a harder one, isn't it? It really is. And yeah. the emotion is something that I don't think we teach our children very well.
8: And it's so important, that yeah. ability to manage our emotions. It affects our immediate relationships. It affects how we feel about ourselves. It's just so important.
0: Well, and then the research later in life about emotional intelligence and what a big part that plays in our success. And I mean, in the end, all of our most difficult relationship issues are going to probably be a battle with emotion. So if we can teach it to the kids when they're young, they'll have some hope later on, huh?
8: Right. And and that's really what we've been talking about in the sense with this swearing that we want to be putting on a good example for our children. Doing it right isn't a guarantee that our child will behave well, but it certainly makes it much harder if we're not showing the way.
0: Right. And and like we've even been saying, there are bigger problems in life, but this, this is just a little, it's almost like a sign of other issues that we want to talk about. And it's not even maybe enough to have a child that doesn't swear. That's, I guess, fixing the bleeding. We yeah. also need to make sure there's other things that are just as positive um, that we are doing with our friends and other things that we need to stop doing. What are some other bigger problems we see with our children and speaking?
8: Well, gossip or putting others down um, is, a big par- is a big problem. And also just how we handle conflicts with either within the family or with friends. I think those are both really important ways. And, you know, just swearing, name-calling, that's really not going to go anywhere good. Uh, So we need our kids to learn ways that when they're feeling emotional, when they're upset about something, how do they move forward in a positive way?
0: uh, This parenting thing, it's almost like they need to have a class. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever thought that? I bet Eileen has classes, I'm sure, right?
8: Well, I, I work with individual clients, but I do write books.
0: <laughs> well, and I because in the end, it's it's almost like we, we think because we have a child, we therefore we know what to do. But actually approaching them um, and knowing what to say and knowing how to say it in a way that they'll stay open to you, it's one of the hardest parenting issues, I think, around.
8: That's very true. That's very true. And managing our own emotions is really important because... I don't think anything brings up stronger emotions than our children. Oh. I mean just the the sheer delight and terror and yeah. rage, yeah. And, and if you're a parent of a toddler or a teenager, you can feel all of those in the space of about oh, ten minutes.
0: <laughs> isn't that's just that's six o'clock at my house. You you <laughs> love some of them, some of you're just like so frustrated with. Why can't you be more like your brother? on the next day, don't be like your brother. Be <laughs> okay. like your sister. It's really a uh, it's I don't know. It's it's a maturing process I think for all of us um, as we're sitting there. Talk a little bit with us, Eileen, about. Um, What are the other problems or issues you're seeing parents bringing up about their children's own communication And, and, like, gossip? I mean, again, gossiping and belittling, these all seem like fairly normal human behavior issues with our children.
8: Absolutely. And again, we adults are leading the way, just like most kids learn about swearing from their parents. The gossiping and the belittling others, that's something that they too often see their parents doing as well. In some sense, it's human nature to talk about others, because what's more interesting than people? Yeah and there some researchers have actually found some positive effects of gossiping. Yeah. So it helps us bond with our friends, like you and me we're like this and we value that and we're much better than her. It can teach lessons about values, about this is what we think is important and she's totally not following it and it can sort of keep us in line because oh, I know if I do that they're going to talk about me. Mm. So it's, it's not completely bad, and yet there is that razor side of the gossip. If you're the target of it, it can be brutal, and gossip isn't always true, and it usually doesn't have the whole story, and there can be kind of a, a vicious side to it. Oh, yeah. so I think the thing to talk about with our children is, You know, we have the idea of no hitting, don't hurt people. But we also want to bring up the idea that our words can hurt, too. And especially with, like, the school-age kids, we want to talk about you can kill someone's reputation. Oh. And that's really hard to recover.
0: Well, and now we can use all of this technology to communicate these ideas. Right, and
8: it never goes away. And so you just want to be very, very careful about what you say. Now, one thing that I've seen that's interesting with like the late elementary school and middle school, girls in particular. So somebody says something mean about girl, the girl A, and the friend runs to girl A and says, so-and-so said something about you. And they feel like they are being a friend by passing on this yeah. meanness. But they're not. They're making the, the whole conflict bigger.
0: Mm. So, so one of the things we could be teaching is, how, I mean, it's almost like loyalty. Like, right. I need to care enough about you to not hurt you, even though I have information and maybe discerning when do I say what needs to be said and when do I don't. When don't I say it?
8: Right. And how do you respond when you hear something mean about your friend? And what I've told my kids to say is, hmm, she's always said nice things about you, so <laughs> kill it right there.
0: Yeah. Boom. Right oh, there. I love that. I mean, instead of, is that, I guess, you know, I see it too with my clients that there's a lot of, there's just a lot of emotional and and sensitivity going on, especially if you're different, right? So if you're the different child, if you dress a little differently, if you're in any way out of the norm, you become the, you become the butt of the joke.
8: Right. And it feels powerful because a lot of the, elementary, late elementary, middle school, going into high school, social dynamics are about social power Mm. and about jockeying to find your position in the social hierarchy. And especially if you're in a place where everybody's kind of the same, a very homogenous community, the people who stick out are going to have a hard time. Yeah, And it's it's just so easy to to push them aside in a more diverse group then it's a little harder because like everybody's different.
0: Right. Well and that's I mean I guess that's where you could get into a little bit, I mean the bullying. Right. And so the the extreme of gossip, belittling and teasing would be the bullying which is what we're hearing in the news so much.
8: Right. And they they call it relational aggression, which basically means you're not hitting anybody, but you're really hurting them. You're you're spreading rumors, you're excluding them. Um Let's not include her. Um, She's weird. You don't want to be anything like her, and that that can be just brutal. Yeah. In some sense, you know, a quick <laughs> fist to the face hurts less sometimes no. than these protracted um, meanness campaigns.
0: Right, and and this constant, you know, henpecking and just and and being um, put down. It seems like um, th- there's there's so many little rules we need for our kids because there's just so many possible scenarios. It seems like maybe um, if we could also just back out once in a while and and talk overall what our goal with other people should be.
8: Right, and I think the, the issue right here is kindness. I used to do some workshops in schools about bullying. And let me tell you, as soon as you say the word bullying, everybody raises their hand and everybody's got a story. When I was in second grade, this kid did this to me. Everybody has a story of something somebody did that was mean to them. So I got fed up with this. And what I did is I came up with a questionnaire about what I call ordinary meanness. And (laughs) these are things that most kids have done. Have you ever complained about having to work with somebody on a school project? Oh, yeah. Have you ever not wanted to play with somebody and and told them that that you didn't want to play with them, you wanted to play with someone else?
5: Yeah,
6: this week, by the way.
8: Right. Have you ever insulted somebody? You know, just ordinary meanness. And the problem with labeling everything as bullying is kids think, oh, that has nothing to do with me. Right. But what we really want them to do is to examine their own behavior and think about... You know, is this kind or not? So what I did with the kids is I had them fill out the questionnaire, and I said, don't put your name on it. And then afterwards, we talked about, well, how did it feel to answer these? And I said, if you answered never to every single one of those, you are probably lying because we've all made less than kind choices. Right. And so then we talked about, well, how do they feel? And some kids felt relieved at acknowledging it. Some were surprised. Some felt guilty. And then I said, okay, everybody, rip up your questionnaire. I don't want to see it. But I want you to think of one time when you made a less than kind choice, and raise your hand when you have something in mind. And then I I had to say, "Okay, I'm waiting," because a couple of coriander kids, of course, (laughs) weren't doing it. But then, when everybody had their hand up, I said to them, "I want you to make yourself a promise that the next time you're in that situation, you'll make a kinder choice." And that's really what we need to do. It's not about blaming our kids or making them feel bad. It's about helping them to make the kind choice.
0: Oh, what would happen to the world if we could just get everyone to pause a little bit and and see how to make a a kinder choice? We'll all make ordinary mean things. I mean, we all do it. But to to know what our center is, is to be kind, that's huge.
8: Right, and to keep trying. I mean, it's really even as us with, with parents, you know, I'm not a perfect parent. Maybe no. you are, but I'm no. not. And no, no, But, no. you know, each day I try again. And when yeah. I blow it, I think about it and say, okay, how could I do that better when it comes up the next time? And it will definitely come up oh, <laughs> the next sure. time.
0: Well, and that's just learning. I mean, I guess that's what we do is we get caught into this perfection idea that we have to be a perfect parent. And no, you just have to be learning and continuously willing to reevaluate it and I mean, maybe the idea of teaching kindness is going to be more core to everything, and even um, and self-respect, right. Which, right? which would maybe lead us back to swearing, that respect yourself enough, respect the family enough, respect our name, respect grandma and grandpa who would roll over if they heard you say that word. Respect yourself to not say these things.
8: There was some research where they had college kids write down for a couple of weeks an act of kindness every single day. And guess what happened? At the end of the study, they felt really good about themselves.
0: Mm. Yeah. They're noticing it.
8: Yeah. And, and I mean, there's that helper's high that we can get. And I think this is a fantastic thing to do. With my kids, when they were younger, we'd go around the table and everybody had to report what act of kindness they did. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes when they got older and mouthy, they're like, "I didn't do any kindnesses." And I would say, "Well, you got two hours to bedtime. There's still an opportunity <laughs> I hate um. kindness." Right. And because really, if you have a whole day and you haven't managed to do any act of kindness for anybody, to me, that's a wasted day.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and they probably did, and they're probably just in a mood. Back to the emotion, huh?
8: Right, Once right. And then the I moved on to the next kid because we're, I'm not going to hassle them about that. That's, that's right. not interesting. I'm more interested in the kid who did do a kindness. That when they were little, it was funny sometimes. Like an older kid would grab a baby and throw her on the couch and say, I'm reading you a book. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they knew they had, a, had to that's report right. a kindness at dinner time. Please don't throw the baby
0: <laughs> isn't that great i mean the funny thing about all of this is it's just it's we've all experienced it's it's all just human nature and yet we get so caught up in it don't we
8: right right
0: and run by but, it
8: yeah it's, but it's it really as it comes down to kindness and it comes down to trying again so one of the things that we, as parents we often do is when our kid does something rotten it's instinctive to want to scold them and tell them how bad they are and that was so selfish and that was so mean but think about that that's not going to help the kid move forward so what we need to do is help them be aware of the impact of their actions on other people and then give them a way to move forward so if it's hitting we can say Elizabeth's arm is really hurting what can you do to help her feel better and we can do that even if he's the one who made Elizabeth arm yeah, right. hurt.
0: Get some ice.
8: <laughs> right, exactly. So see if he can come up with it. If he doesn't come up with it, then say, how about <laughs> some ice? I think that would help. And then we say, thank you. That helped her to feel better. And, and, and the, now the kid can feel good about themselves.
0: And they have something to do instead of just exactly. being having the beat down, the emotional beat right. down.
8: We can't help children move forward by convincing them of their badness.
0: Mm. That's a huge point, isn't it?
8: Someday I'm going to have a cross stitch for my office.
0: <laughs> oh, you need yeah. to put it on a billboard. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, well, you did, you're great, and I I so appreciate it. I think uh, I've decided I, I've got to I've got to go have a meeting with my family. We're going to go We're going to go talk tonight about everything that everyone did right, everything that everything everybody that served today, and That'd bring that fun. out and start talking about what's working. That that might be a better conversation than the Hey, everybody, quit swearing, or I'm going to crack you. Right. Right. Good. We're talking with Eileen Kennedy Moore, Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore, author, psychologist, and speaker. You can find uh, more about Eileen on her website. Um, The easiest way to get there is com or www.AttentionWithoutHitting.com where you can check out her book, What About Me?, 12 Ways to Get Your Parents' Attention Without Hitting Your Sister along with some other great books, Smart Parenting for Smart Kids. And the unwritten rules of friendship. Eileen, thank you so much for joining us, and we're going to have you on again sometime soon.
8: I'd love to, Matt. Thank you.
0: Appreciate you. And and, uh, everybody out there, kids, they matter, right? Let's take care of them, let's cherish them up, and let's give them the tools they need. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back in a minute right here on Sirius XM 143
7: BYU Radio. It's the mineral with the most impressive resume ever, and it just got a new job.
5: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
7: If there was an award given out for the hardest working mineral, one of the top candidates would have to be zeolite. You may never have heard of it, but zeolite is a key ingredient in many everyday things around you, from fertilizers to laundry detergent and cat box litter to the asphalt you drive on, concrete buildings, even your earrings. It can stop a wound bleeding or clean up radioactive waste. Zeolite can do all these jobs because its grid-like crystal structure forms a molecular filter that passes through only the molecules you want while blocking the ones you don't. Refineries use synthetic zeolite catalysts in the process of turning oil into gasoline. And the big news in the zeolite world is that the Department of Energy's Energy Frontier Research Center has improved this catalyst so that it can convert oil and biomass into fuel with much greater efficiency and lower costs. Forming the catalyst into interlocking layered nanosheets increases the surface area in contact with raw oil, doing more work in less space. The improved catalysts could turbocharge gasoline production and help us achieve energy independence.
5: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
0: Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just finished an interview with Eileen Kennedy Moore, um, author of the book, What About Me? 12 Ways to Get Your Parents' Attention Without Hitting Your Sister. Great stuff. Uh, Again, remember, we're here to influence our children, influence the people around us. Kindness is probably your best approach. Now, uh, as we wrap up the show, we like to uh, get into answering some questions from the
6: interweb. It's called The Internet Asks, Matt Answers. Bing! Question comes from a couple... Sorry. Ben's just sitting here like, do you guys
0: always do your own sound effects? I
2: was like, was this just a cue a sound effect? No nope. one told me about nope. that. We just like to bing. Like, bing!
6: Couple I think comes- that's trademarked. Sorry. it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: trademarked.
2: Nobody
6: mess with it. The story comes from a couple who have finally decided to combine their lives together. Hmm. But they spent uh, the last three months practically, they just spent so much time together, it was practically like we were together. He was over all day long. Oh, boy. So over the last few weeks, it hasn't been what this woman thought it would be. Hasn't been unicorns and butterflies? She says, he used to be around me and want to spend time with me, but now all he does is play his computer games on his laptop (laughs) almost 24-7. And it's extremely frustrating now because he just wants me to be his buddy. I have to do all the dishes, all the laundry, because he hates doing laundry with a passion, and pretty much everything else. I haven't gone grocery shopping in a while. He gets mad at me that there's no food in the fridge and snaps.
2: (laughs) And? Is is this from the internet or from Bryce's girlfriend? Uh,
6: This is Bryce's girlfriend. (laughs) But the question is, what would uh, would this woman uh, do about it now? Well,
0: okay. The average person would say, welcome to marriage. Right. And that would be cynical, but probably fairly true. I mean, the research shows when we do get married, we do end up doing more housework when we are dating than when we're married, which is kind of messed up. But that's probably because we're starting to take on the married role. And when we take on the married role, um, a lot of times we just assume, well, hello, all ladies love to do dishes. Um, i didn 't realize that that was happening. I, my wife never like wanted to say it because she just wanted me to help because if I loved her, I would just help clean so she would um, she would just make really a lot of noise she, every Saturday I would watch football because that 's what I did growing up, and she would just clean really loudly and bang pots and pans and she 'd vacuum right in front of me and like she 'd shove the vacuum right under the couch that i 'm sitting on and bang bang.
6: Keep keep it down in there, honey. I
0: know. I'm trying to watch the game. and um, But she was communicating. And what she was communicating was that I was probably going to die in my sleep. But she's saying she didn't want to have to say, you're not going to help clean? Because she thought if I loved her, I would clean. So when we go into these relationships, there's some pretty big expectations. Like inherently, we would both clean. Inherently, we would both be exactly the same. But there's this thing that happens when we're dating someone and we're first in love. There's all of this chemistry. Okay, now I don't know why I'm talking like this. But the chemistry makes us think everything is perfect about them. Everything. They're cute. They're cuddly. They love you. They will do no wrong because they love you. And then once you're married, that chemistry fades And the clarity goes up. And once the chemistry goes down and you can see clearly, most people feel like they've been totally taken advantage of. (laughs) Like, what? Because, like, most guys thought that we were going to have a lot more physical intimacy or is what I hear a lot. And most women wish that their husbands would help more around the house or want to help more around the house. But the reality is everybody falls prey to this little thing we call the mate and switch, OK, it's an illegal marketing practice that we all play on each other when we're dating. We do it all the time. We do it like we just had my daughter's wedding. And in the, you can't tell somebody that's about to get married how hard marriage is because they're like, I know, whatever. We love each other so much. It's going to be so great. Good. We'll be the one couple that's different. Yeah. Everyone thinks that. So, you're, so instead what everyone does at the wedding, we all just smile and we know it's going to get really hard. We just smile and say, all right, good luck. No, no, like we just did this. We just dropped my daughter off and, I mean, just helped her move to her new apartment. Now, my daughter has had a pretty good life and has never tasted low-income housing until she was a student. And they went and got some low-income housing. And um, it's it's scary. Like we moved her in at night and it was scary. And she's (laughs) scary. So all of a sudden, it's very clear that, sh- that this is this is grown up time. But that happens to every one of us in our relationships. We think it's going to be something, and then because we're not quite sure what we're getting, and then eventually it switches. Now this is where it's so weird. For example, a lot of times the guys are going to have a lot more energy. They're going to be the life of the party. Woo! Ow! What's up, man? They're all this attention, tons of fun, tons of talk. Once they get married. Um, they don't do that as much because they've kind of already got you. So they don't feel a need to go compete for your attention anymore. So in a weird way, here's how I envision it. When you – a lion with their lion – with the lion's pride. When the lion is worried and feels a need to protect the pride, he'll get up on his haunches or his – hind legs. He might sit there and he'll be watching attentively. He'll puff up a little bit. He'll look big and strong. He'll compete. He'll roar. But, And I guess that's attractive to probably some of the lionesses. Like That's a guy that can protect us. Eventually, once the lion feels safe, though, and there's not a threat, he'll roll over on his back, he'll sun himself, and he'll just be lounging around. Apparently, that's not as attractive. So the same thing happens when we're married. When I'm trying to win you, I'm the life of the party. I'm there early. I stay late. I clean. I do dishes. And I do dishes for your mother on Mother's Day. That's how much I love you. Once we kind of feel like we've got we've got you, meaning you're in the relationship, we're safe now. Once we're safe, we quit pretending to be all that, which is actually a sign that the guy is safe. When the guy no longer has to be the life of the party and always compete for your attention, it's actually a sign that he's safe. So this guy is just telling his wife, I'm safe. I actually like you. And now I'm comfortable. So I'm just going to just sit here in my lazy boy and eat Cheetos while you cook. Now, here's the problem. It ticks her off. So how do you fix it? We got to talk. She has to go up to him. She has to say, hey, bud, I think you're great. I really am glad that you feel like you can just sit around. I, that is what I want you to do. I want you to be able to relax when you come home. And I need your help. So what we're going to do is at night we're going to clean up, and this is how we're going to do it, and I just think it's fair that we split it this way. So can you get it cleaned up, and then we can both relax? And we just have to talk, and we have to set the rules. The the rules don't just inherently come because we're married. And if we don't talk them out, then all of a sudden he's just going to start rolling around on his back in the dust and just – and his mane's going to get all messed up. Um, Anyway, that's just a bad metaphor. But – She's got to communicate. So, yep, what she's going through, totally normal. It is part of the mate and switch. By the way, there's certain things he's finding out in the marriage that he's like, what? Rip off. Rip off. I thought, you know, I thought we'd eat a lot better than we are. And she's like, well, we'd eat better if you would help us cook. And then it starts the fight. So instead of fighting, let's set some ground rules. Let's let's identify how we're going to share the household chores, the responsibility and divide them up and be willing to redivide them and redivide them as our lives change together. There's the tip of the day from the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us, folks. Again, we're here every Monday through Friday. Would love to give you more tools and ideas. Join us. And uh, remember, the world is good. There are great things out there, and you're one of those. So take care of each other. We'll be back right here on Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.